The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Friday and welcome to Girls Talking Boys on Blogging Boys Network in partnership with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray and today I am joined by Saad Youssef of The Athletic. Hey Saad, how's it going? Doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Um, in all seriousness, uh, we are actually recording this on a Wednesday and Saad is being the best. So if we have some outdated information, I will be sure to update you later. But um, thank you so much for joining us today, Saad. Of course. Yeah. A lot, a big week. It's Zeke week. It's Zeke week. <laughs> yes. And it like Jerry keeps teasing that he's like doing something special. Yeah. I have I, no I, idea what he could be doing. <laughs> I, I would think that it's probably just your typical video tribute, but yeah. Um, but you know what, if I'm, if I'm guessing, um, for anything, my, um, uh, uh under the radar guess would be something that has to also do with the Salvation Army. Just because like, um, I know Jerry and the Cowboys care about that. I know Zeke has that connection with the kettle and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we just talked to Zeke today, Wednesday afternoon, we talked to Zeke and somebody asked him like, you know, what are, what are some of the things that like, you know, you, you remember most. And he did mention the Salvation Army as part of that stuff. So, I don't know if I was guessing, I would say a video tribute is the safest bet, but wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if Salvation Army was involved in some way. Is he like, can we get him coming out of a kettle? Like just one last <laughs> time. <laughs> that I would mean, be very fitting. Yeah. I mean, send it off in style, right? I think, um, how are you, how are you feeling like him coming back? I'm like a little emotion about it. Um, you know, just like him coming back in a different uniform. I think that him and um, Dak, like seeing each other on the field thing is going to, you know, tug at their heartstrings. Uh, everyone seems prepared for it, though. Yeah, it's really interesting because his history here is just so long, right? I mean, you you go back to Ohio State and him doing what he did with Ohio State at AT&T Stadium, um, then to get drafted by the Cowboys. And Zeke also, you know, because I was there, I, I remember his introductory press conference as a rookie, and that happened at Valley Ranch. So that just goes to show you, like, he kind of, like, was part of that, that Cowboys team that brought everything to Frisco, because um, I think his introductory presser was in Valley Ranch, but then his first season was at the Star in Frisco. 
Um, you talk about coming in with Dak and just how, you know, two, one, four played out and, and that whole thing. And then the other thing also, the Dak part of it is, is definitely big, but I think the other part of it is also uh, Tony Pollard. I mean, Tony Pollard leads the NFL in rushing attempts. This is kind of, you know, Zeke's protege. This is kind of like who Zeke helped mold into the running back he is today. And now you see Zeke coming back with all the Dak stuff and the Dallas stuff. But he also comes back to Tony Pollard, who is now a true number one running back. So, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of emotions everywhere for sure. His storylines write themselves. Yes. <laughs> um, well, before we get too in the um, weeds on New England coming to town this weekend, I wanted to get some of your quick thoughts on the um, atrocity that was Sunday afternoon's game against the Arizona Cardinals. Um I think it's safe to say on both sides of the ball, there was a lot um, going wrong. <laughs> um, if you could pick like one major diagnosis for like both sides that just really ruined the whole day for us, <laughs> what would that be? Oh yeah, that's, that's easy. I mean, for the defense, it's, it's the run defense clearly. Um, I think in both quarterback contain, I know Joshua Dobbs is, presents a different challenge than, for example, a Mac Jones will this Sunday because he doesn't have that mobility, but it just straight up run defense too. I mean, you look at the running back, James Conner had a good day. Rondale Moore, I mean, to go 45 yards up the middle untouched is just inexcusable. I mean, you just can't, you just can't have that happen. And that comes after Dobbs already had the big run and that should have been the wake up call. So defensively for me, for sure, it's the run defense and offensively, Again, just as easy. It's the red zone offense. I mean, you get into the red zone, I I believe four times. I think it was the the eight, the six, the eight, the four. So four times you're inside the 10 yard line. And you know, whatever you come out with that, that it was just not, it was not enough. And obviously Dak's interception was uh one of those red zone trips. Dak having to, you know, throw the ball into the dirt on fourth down was one of those. Um, just a lot of negative, uh, you know, negative performance in terms of the red zone. And for me, it goes beyond, I mean, look, the running game wasn't great down there. Dak struggled down there, but if I'm really pointing one thing to one thing, because, you know, you watch the all 22 film when you get to see like the whole field after that on like a Tuesday or something. And looking at those red zone trips, I don't know where Dak goes with the ball because like nobody's open. So I think there's a lot of blame to go around, but on defense for me, it's the run defense on offense. It's the red zone offense. As far as the red zone offense goes, I mean, do you put that on like the Cardinals having a game plan ready for the Cowboys or do you more so put it on like, why are we calling kind of like soft plays or like getting a little predictable down there? A little bit of both. I, I will never, um, you know, in all my years covering the NFL and talking to different coaches and whatever personnel, like I will never discount an NHL team as or NFL team. <laughs> um, still, still rusty. Uh, I will never discount NFL team though for not being prepared. And, and look, their head coach is, comes from the Eagles, has some familiarity with the Cowboys um, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the Cardinals definitely deserve credit for how they approach that. But for me, it's a lot of the coaching staff is taking um, a little bit too long in adapting to their new personnel. Dalton Schultz is not here anymore. Ezekiel Elliott is not here anymore. 
Um, those were two really big cogs of your red zone offense just last year. And, um, and, you know, Jake Ferguson, I, I think is a good tight end, but he's not there yet. And so you have to figure out ways to utilize what he brings. You can't ask him to be Dalton Schultz the same way that you can't ask CD lamb to be Amari Cooper. You can't ask, uh, Michael Gallup to be Des Bryant just because he's a big body receiver. He's not Des. Jake Ferguson is not Dalton Schultz. Um, people forget a lot that Dalton Schultz didn't really become the number one tight end until 2020, which was his third year in the NFL. Jake Ferguson, I th- I'm I'm high on Jake Ferguson personally. I like him a lot, and I think he'll get there. He's just not there yet. But in the meantime, you have to figure out, okay, you have Deuce Vaughn, you have Kevontae Turpin, you have Tony Pollard, you have CeeDee Lamb, you have these four guys who operate so well in space. You just got to get the ball to them in space. Instead, you're still running all these plays that you would be running for the Amari Cooper or the Dalton Schultz or Ezekiel Elliott. So I think I put that mostly on the play calling. So uh, Mike McCarthy uh, play calling, not great this time. It seemed like, you know, in the first two games, he, he was meeting the moment, I guess, in a way um, they were a little bit on the safer side, it seemed, but you know, um, this time it just, it wasn't cutting it. And yeah. Do you see that? Like, do you think he'll be able to come off of that against, you know, a Bill Belichick run team? Yeah, I think so. Because this isn't McCarthy's first rodeo. Like he's been through this play calling stuff. I, I you know, I, I remember after week two, there was already questions being asked about like, you know, like, is it, or I think it was after the Trayvon Diggs injury, somebody asked the question of like, is this, does this like make you pump the brakes on Super Bowl talk? It was like, there should have never been any Super Bowl talk. It's week two. I mean, like at this point, you're just not really looking at it that way. The Diggs injury one way or the other didn't change it for me. All that to say in the same way, it's a very week by week um, league, especially in September football. Um, I actually wrote a, story today on being Wednesday and my lead for that story, I grew up a Patriots fan, just a disclaimer. But so I remember this very clearly September 29th, 2014. That's when the Patriots got their butts absolutely kicked by the Kansas city chiefs on Monday night football. And I remember after the game, Bill Belichick being asked if the quarterback position was going to be evaluated. Um, And that quarterback was Tom Brady And the dude went to win four Super Bowls after that and was a top five MVP finalist for four years. A September game is not the end all be all. It's not time to panic. Um, It is really interesting. I don't I I believe the Cowboys have not lost back to back games since 2021. And uh, it's definitely a big test to go against a Belichick led uh, defense. So I'm very intrigued. But Mike McCarthy has done this for a long time. And I think that he can figure this out. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not going to call this parallel lines by any means, but um, what what is the correlation between like all these Trey Lance questions rating this week? I feel like <laughs> I I mean, obviously he joined the team like that was interesting. There's stuff to talk about with him. But this week in particular, there's been a lot of Trey Lance talk. Yeah. So I think there's a there's a couple things. One, um, uh, the one month mark of that was two days ago. So, um, so it's been a month now. Um, the other thing, uh, is that I think as journalists, what you try to do is you plan ahead and San Francisco is the week after. 
So um, <clears throat> there were Trey Lance questions to McCarthy, but then there were also today you know, in Wednesday's locker room session, it was a Trey Lance media scrum. So everyone was talking to Trey Lance today as well. So, of course, he didn't bite. He's taking it one game at a time as a third-string quarterback. Um, <laughs> but uh, but still, I think it's a lot of planning ahead, looking at the San Francisco game, where that will be a little bit of a storyline. And also it just being one month and doing kind of like a, a progress check. I'm sure every month, um, you know, Trey Lance has to be the most famous third-string quarterback in the NFL. So I'm sure every month he'll we'll, we'll have some Trey Lance follow-ups. Yeah, I mean, if you had asked me last week, my brain was already on the 49ers, but this week I'm like, I can't think ahead. So, you know, that's a good point. You know, having them coming around the corner, that makes a lot of sense. Um, gosh, now now I can't get that out of my head. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of, you know, backup quarterbacks, there is uh, – Obviously, we have, you know, Zeke on the other side, but we also have Will Greer on the other side. Um, do you put any stock into, you know, them helping with the reads and stuff like that um, when it comes to play calling on Sunday? For sure. I mean, it, it's not nothing. I mean, it definitely helps. I don't think it's anything. I've kind of seen it get really blown up, which it's a cowboy story, so it will. Um, but uh, and because he's a quarterback, because. Uh, I, I believe it was Dennis Houston who the Giants picked up right before week one from the Cowboys uh, after the Cowboys made cuts. Um, but he's a wide receiver, so you didn't have all the same hype about, oh, will he know all the secrets? Um, <clears throat> and it's also Belichick. So um, there's always looking for every extra edge. And so, yeah, I'm sure Will Greer definitely has um, some intel that can help. But something Schottenheimer mentioned to us on Monday and this has always been true for for most efficient uh, offensive coordinators is that there's never just one hand signal or one call for one play. You have variations of it. And honestly, I think that this could go one of two ways. I don't think it'll, it'll be completely neutral on Sunday. I think this could either, either play into the Patriots' benefit because Will Greer has the intel, or I think the Cowboys can use it and backfire because you can switch up the hand signals a little bit here and there and all of a sudden you do a hand signal for, you know, an outside zone run. And, you know, Wilger is preparing the defense to expect that. Then you switch that up and run inside zone. So I think the Cowboys are smart enough to anticipate all those things as well. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise the future of work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, I mean... 
I would freaking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, so last week, I think penalties like reared their ugly head against us. Um, there was six by the O-line um, in Terrence Steele got the bulk of those. That's something that like, you know, wasn't it two years ago that he was, was happening with him? Um, do we need to be super concerned about that? Or do you think that's a ship that he could write pretty quickly? I think it's something he can write pretty quickly. And I think this week should be a good opportunity for that because it's always a little tougher on the road because you're trying to go silent count and all this kind of stuff. The snap count is all kind of, uh, you know, wonky a little bit. He had two false starts. So, you know, you can tell that's a little bit of the cadence and the, and you know, the atmosphere and things like that, because the Cardinals, you know, I was there in Arizona. There was a lot of Cowboys fans. Um, but once you pop off a couple of 40 yard runs, the Cardinals fans really get, get going. And so I think there was some of that, but, um, but yeah, I'm not super concerned. I do think Terrence Steele has to clean that up because right now, as things stand on a Wednesday, he is two of the regular starters. You're already down three normal guys. You can't have one of your last two remaining normal guys to be committing penalties, and I almost feel bad because like, I feel like I almost like jinxed it a little bit because before last week, uh, before last week's game um, earlier in the week, I had asked McCarthy about how he approaches penalties. And he actually gave a really good answer about that, which he talked about. And it's, it's nothing. It, it was the same answer that Dan Quinn gave this week when we asked about him um, that you can take the holding the, uh, you know, pass interference, whatever, because that's in the in the heat of the competition. Obviously, you don't want that, but you'll take it. The false starts, the offsides, like those got to go because those are just, you know, irresponsible penalties. You cannot have pre-snap infractions. Um, so I think those are the ones that you really want to cut out. I like how Wanya Thomas is taking serious umbrage with his call. I don't blame him. I, I don't know where he was offsides on that play. I think he's like reposted the video like multiple times. He's like, show me, show me where. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like the refs were a little bit out for uh, the Cowboys on Sunday? No, no, I don't. I mean, bad calls happen every week. Um, bad yeah. calls happen every game. Um, I Any sport I cover, I'm not a referee is out to get the team. Um, it usually, <clears throat> usually you see it more depending on what team's lens you're watching it through. So Cowboys fans, because the team lost and you're watching it through a Cowboys perspective, you really think about that gallop pass interference because it was a pass interference. And we all, I, I think everyone would universally agree on that. Um, and so you think about that or the Wanya Thomas not being offsides, being called offsides, but you don't really remember that on Micah Parsons third down sack, the second sack or the sack that he had in the second half, Sam Williams was way offsides on that play. Um, and I'm sure if the Cardinals lose that game, and if you're a Cardinals fan, you're like, what the heck? I mean, Sam Williams was offsides. Micah Parsons got a third down sack and ended a drive. That was a huge play. Um, you just forget about those things when you're, when those things happen. So, um, no, I, I don't believe the refs were out to get them. I, and look, <laughs> this is a reality of the last two, three years with Mike McCarthy teams. They get penalized a lot. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, when there's a pattern, you start losing benefit of the doubt as well. You're a hundred percent right. Um, all right. So we have Mac Jones to uh contend with. I'm I'm not gonna like discount this man. Obviously, Josh Dobbs can go off on this defense like 
who are we to discount Mac Jones over here? But um, tell me the ways that, you know, we can send him to the ground. <laughs> well, that's the biggest thing is that you can send him to the ground as opposed to Joshua Dobbs, <clears throat> who's a mobile quarterback and is able to run around and do all these different things. And I think the, fa- the fact that, and Micah talked today to us in the, in the locker room and, uh, he, and he was asked like, uh, you know, what's one play that he really would like to have back from, from Sunday. And he actually mentioned the run with Dobbs on the first drive. And I think for multiple reasons, one, you never want to give a 44 yard run, but you do it on the first drive on the outside. And it almost sets the tone. Now, all of a sudden they get their juices flowing. And as a defense, you're going to attack it a little more consciously now. So, um, or cautiously, I should say. And so I think, uh, I think that's the thing is that Joshua Dobbs presented that Mac Jones doesn't Mac Jones for me. It's, it's about, you stop Stevenson and Zeke, you stop the running game and then you get Mac Jones to sit there in the pocket. And I think you'll see, and, and that plays right to what the strength of the Cowboys defense is, which is to pin your ears back, tee it off and go get the passer. Um, Mac Jones is not a mobile quarterback. You're not worried about him running out. So I think what you actually said is the key. I think they had trouble getting to Josh Dobbs to get him to the ground. I don't think they'll have the same level of trouble uh, getting to Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, he does tend to get the ball out pretty quickly, but, you know, to what end that is, it's not always, you know, caught. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, make him uncomfortable. That's a good game plan. But speaking of, you know, um, stopping Zeke, Micah Parsons kind of talked a little bit about that today about, you know, how uh, Zeke would tell him in practices, like you're lucky, like it's not me against you or whatever, stuff like that. How do you think that's going to fare on Sunday? It'll be tough. I mean, Zeke just is coming off of his best game as a Patriot last week. Um, He had a very productive game. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of funny. His tenure started with the, with a decent run off to the right side in week one. And then his first catch was a fumble, um, which was pretty uncharacteristic of Zeke in recent years. Um, but I, I, he's, he looks good. He looks rejuvenated. And also he's not the bell cow. He, you know, you have, you have other guys that are talented runners on that team. And so I don't think that he has to carry the load and the, the run defense is the weakness of the Cowboys defense. And that's why like, I do think that this Cowboys defense is absolutely phenomenal and watching Micah Parsons every week is absolutely a treat. But for me, for you to become a nickname defense, you have to, you have to be a little bit more complete and they did a good job stopping the run the first two weeks, but you have to take that with a grain of salt because the score was so out of hand that they're, the other team is going to start throwing the ball more. So I think, uh, I think, their first real test at at rush defense, they failed. And so now it'll be interesting to see how they respond. You've probably seen this, but I'm going to like repeat something that I'm reading right here in front of me. Um, It says the Cowboys have stuffed 28% of running back carries for zero gain or a loss. Um, And they rank the fourth, but they rank 29th in second level yard per carry um, between five and 10 yards downfield. How gross is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that's one of those things where like, you know, we, we always talk about complimentary football and working together. I think that's what it is. I think like, 
that's where you want all your levels to be working together, players feeding off of each other. Um, because you're right. That is, that's, that's a disparity that you can't really have. Given the pieces that we have on the defense, if you were to play Dan Quinn for just a second, like what do you think would be your recommended solve to fix that problem? Well, the tough thing is that Mozzie Smith has been a very big disappointment. And I think that is where, um, you know, this is a team that drafted at the position because they knew they needed that needed help there. And Mozzie Smith has not has not shown up. Um, you have good edge guys. You have uh, Micah and Demarcus and and um, and um, Sam Williams and those guys. And Osa Digizua is doing his thing in the middle. For me, it's it's you need Jonathan Hankins to to pick it up a little bit. You need your defensive tackles just to be a lot better. Uh, that's where it all begins because the one thing that football cliche that every coach and player has been um, uttering to us in the last three days has all been about gap fits, and that's where you know you're you have to put your position linebackers in position to make plays. If you're getting blown off the ball as a defensive lineman, as a defensive tackle, your linebackers are going to be disrupted in their flow. So um, if I'm Dan Quinn, I I don't know, because personnel wise, you, you're really hoping that one of these veteran defensive tackles can do better because Mozzie Smith has not been the answer. And I think that's where the true, um, the true, I guess, problem has been is just how they've kind of defended that. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I feel a little more prepared for Sunday against the Patriots. I need two quick predictions from you, though. Um, One is very important to me. Um, You have been posting a reaction GIF um, (laughs) from the office after every game. They've been chef's kiss. (laughs) Thank you. If you had to predict what gif you'll use this week what would you mm. what would you think Positive. so i think if <laughs> yeah so i think i think if they if they uh if they have a bad game and if they lose um i could see myself where michael scott goes into the annex and he just turns around sees toby and goes no god no no <laughs> and it's just like you know doing that um and then I think if it's positive, uh, that's tough. I mean, there's for me, like I have a library of office gifts. Of I've watched The Office 28 times. And so um, <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, I have a library and, you know, they're all like by, and I actually, how seriously I took this is that before the season began, I rewatched The Office in context of the Cowboys season. So I literally have sections of like, if they have a bad run defense game, this is kind of how this, these are the gift selections. If they had a bad, bad pass defense game like this. So it's, if they get blown out this, if they blow someone out this. Um, so yeah, it's the positive one would be, uh, it would definitely probably be a Michael Scott um, one, or I could see Kevin, um, where he's like gambling and he says, and that's Dallas. Um, <laughs> you know, so it just, it all depends. <laughs> As always, I am um, impressed by you. Um, okay, wait, quick. Um, the strike or whatever is called off and there's a rumor about like a office remake. What are your thoughts on that? I saw that. I'm very, I, like, I need to do more digging in that because 
the office holds such a special place in my heart that a lot of times when those reboots happen, um, you know, it can, it can be, it can be tough. It can be, it can look, it, it can kind of like, like hurt the original one almost from in your vantage point. I, I'm, I don't know if you're, we're, we're the same generation. So if you're a full house person and then when Fuller house came out, you know, I had the same like reservation, um, all that stuff. Um, so I'm very, I'm, trying to be cautiously optimistic. I am curious to see who the writers would be on that because um, Michael Schur is basically my TV God. Um, he's the guy <laughs> who created The Office and he's created all my favorite shows, The Office, New Girl, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks and Rec. All my favorite shows is Michael Schur created. Um, and so if he's behind it, I feel a lot more confident. Um, by the way, do you know who Michael Schur is in The Office? No. He's Moe's. That's that's the creator of the show. Oh my uh, god! Yeah. So wow. if well, he's he's an incredible actor, um, and you know, good at being Amish. Yeah. So if if he's behind it, I'll feel a lot better about it. Yeah. Um, would you think it would be like following um Dwight as the regional manager, or is he still going to be the assistant? See, if I'm if I was doing it, I would make Dwight and Dunder Mifflin as the secondary plot. And I would actually follow Jim and Pam because remember they sold their house and 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 did the whole athlete thing and you know then they moved to Austin, him. Texas. Right, exactly. And so for me, I would I would love for that to become the main plot because Daryl is there too. Um, maybe they recruit a couple because at Dunder Mifflin, remember Kevin was fired. Um, a lot of the people went away. Uh, Andy went to Cornell and started working in missions. So for me, the more intriguing storyline would be Jim and Pam and how they're kind of navigating the two kids, Jim's new job, traveling around the country. You got Daryl there. Um, so that's kind of where I would go with it. All right. We'll see if uh, Michael sure agrees with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one last prediction out of you. Um, what do you think the score of the game will be on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I, I actually feel like the defense is really going to bounce back. I don't feel like the offense will. I think the offense is going to have a lot of the same issues for at least one more week in the red zone. I think the Cowboys will win because if the defense sets the tone and, and does a good job. So I, I think recently I picked a score 16 to 6, maybe 19 to 6. And I, I kind of see it going in that same aggravating way where the defense is doing great. I think the offense scores a touchdown. They get seven points. And then it's going to be like three or four field goals because they can't convert on, on in the red zone. So, um, so I, I do think the Cowboys win. they're at home, the Patriots team is not very good. The defense I'm, I'm a believer in the Cowboys defense. I think they are very, very talented and very good. Um, so I think they'll figure it out here. Another Brandon Aubrey game on the horizon. I Another see Brandon Aubrey game. <laughs> it's so funny. Like that was probably the two biggest question marks coming into the season were kicker and offensive line depth and they've both gone in pretty I, I don't want to say opposite ways because like the kicker situation is good the offensive line I thought the three guys that filled in did a decent job I didn't look at them and say they're they didn't Chaz Green the game or anything like right. that so for me I thought like you know they did a decent job so it's really interesting because coming in you thought run defense and um was going to be the one thing and so you know it's 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 curious that those two big things didn't haven't really 
been the biggest problems right now. As always, nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm choosing to believe um, in John Machota's method of the blowout, blowout after the blowout. Um, yeah. So hopefully that'll happen. Um, and I'm pretty good luck in the stadium. So fingers crossed. Now I have to what? Wait, what's your score prediction? Um, I'm gonna go with. I really think it is gonna be close and gross, but just for funsies, <laughs> we're gonna say like 27 to 14. Okay. Yeah. Let's see that. Um, and hopefully that's true. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have to like own up to the fact that like my sister and I have we're very superstitious. Um, there is a local um establishment that we have said many times like we cannot watch games here like we watched the Jacksonville Jaguars game there and that was just a hot mess so we were like mm-hmm. we soared off and then my friend was like my friend Jeff Kavanaugh he was like mm, it doesn't <laughs> matter it won't matter where you watch it just come watch them win over here so we go there and look at what happens so it's I think everybody got cocky <laughs> Uh, I, no, I, I put the, I, I, I say that's all Jeff's fault. I think yeah. you had your, you had your reservations. He, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Saad, where can everyone follow you and all the fun things that you're up to? Yeah. Just follow me on Twitter at Saad Yusuf126. And then, um, and then, yeah, follow me on The Athletic um, and John Mashoda, um, both of us covering the Cowboys at every practice, at every game, at every, everything. So um, we got you covered, cover to cover on the Cowboys. So, yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, guys, um, hopefully next week we will have Kelsey back with us. Um, but until then, you know, we are sending her and Ian's family lots of love um, and support. Make sure that you send her lots of prayers and good healing vibes their way. Um, you can follow me at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter and threads and wherever else things are being tweeted and pop cultured. Um, (laughs) Be sure to check out bloggingtheboys.com for extra content after you've checked out The Athletic. And um, also, you know, we have a podcast for you every single day. So be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to that. And until next week, Dallas forever, Philly for never.